You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. Welcome to this episode of Modern Web. Today we have um, an awesome guest with us. Uh, his name is David from Redwood JS. My name is Tracy. You can follow me on Twitter at Lady Leet, and I'm joined by my co-host Jesse Tomchak. Hi, Jesse. Hello. <laughs> Happy to be here. Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere at J Tomchak. If you can spell Tomchak, <laughs> it's pretty readily available. I I actually tried to find and spell Tomchak and had to look it up, but it is there once you look it up. <laughs> It's like a, it's like my secret passphrase. It's like security through obscurity. <laughs> and David, where can we find you online? Yeah, well, because there are a lot of David prices, I am I am the David, but I, I'm not the most famous nor wealthy one. Um, that's a fun search, actually, if you want to see how many David prices there are. Um, but I am the David, and uh, you can find me yeah anywhere on the internet at the David or the David Price, especially in the Redwood community forums and on our chat. So, and I may be an awesome guest but it's because I have awesome hosts. Better uh -huh. uh -huh. <laughs> us up already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so- I wanna get, so yeah. I can get invited back. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I love Redwood. So I, I've been asked, you know, the State of JS survey just came out and they quoted me talking about Redwood actually and saying, I'm really excited about these, you know, new kind of front end, you know, full stack frameworks that are coming out. So maybe you wanna just give us a little brief introduction about what Redwood.js is. Ooh, I love, I don't do brief all the time, but I, I will try. So uh, Redwood.js is a full stack Jamstack framework. How is that for buzzwords? And meant to be deployed to the edge. So out of the box, it supports serverless deployment and the Jamstack deployment methodology. It's built with, uh, the core tooling is React, GraphQL, and uh, the technology that I would personally give the MVP award to for 2020, which is Prisma 2, and handles all of our, it's our ORM, but, but fits into a really nice jam stacky workflow. Yeah, from someone who has done like a bunch of mongoose and then like serialize and like really, man, it was, it's real hard to do database stuff with Node because it's like, you can't really ORM, you end up doing like some real like garbage native stuff. And Prisma 2, I think is really undervalued, under talked about in its like ability to just abstract that stuff away. Um, uh, and I know uh, you guys absolutely. have worked with like V2 is rolling out. So like, how has that sort of like, when you guys chose that, that piece, like, you chose it early on and stuck with it. Like, how has that been through this transition and, and getting everything up, like glued together? Right, well, it, okay, so that, that leads into, and let's come back to it. Like, where did, where did Redwood come from and all these things? But let me talk about that first, because I think it's important. This year, you saw all these full stack JavaScript, Jamstacky frameworks pop and kind of all at once. And really, if you were to point the finger at like what what incited that incident, like why did why was this kind of Cambrian explosion in this ecosystem? And I, I think it was because of Prisma too. And one reason that Redwood chose it, and at the time that was specifically Tom Preston Warner and Peter Pistorius, who were originally the two working on the Redwood code base almost two years ago now. So this is this has been in the works for a while. 
they were looking for a Rails-like experience to for all the databasey stuff, right? How do we handle migrations? How do we deploy? How do we, you know, schemas, uh, type safe, etc. So that they were looking. Um, tried some other things. Oh, I'm blanking on it right now, but Prisma supports another Nexus. They tried Nexus. They were looking at Prisma 2. They were shown a demo, I believe it was by Johannes at Prisma for Prisma 2. And that's when it just clicked and they went, this is what we need. And Redwood was, Redwood integrated Prisma 2 before it was released in beta by probably half a year. So we were on the bleeding edge. It was kind of a pain because we would, it was a really tight relationship with Prisma, but things were changing so quickly. Uh, we, right, it was, it was a madness to keep up with, but that's, that's really the story. It just, it, it really fit a need as people were looking for it and also fit a, a, a philosophical drive, which was how do we get this Rails experience into a JavaScript framework? Yeah, that was, man, it, using anything else in, in Node and in this ecosystem and serverless has been like, I think one of the biggest missing pieces in serverless has been like, how do I get persistence? Like, what do I do once I have it? And like, how do I you end up with these like really gnarly, like SQL sort of like raw blocks and other stuff that you're like, then, you know, it's, it, it's, I'd say it was really uh, enjoyable when I, I played with uh, Redwood over the holiday. Um, and like sending a, post, sending a Postgres and like getting data in and out and doing these DB saves and having these auto migrations. Like I kept, my struggle was I kept trying to do migrations myself. Like I kept making a migration, changing the schema, like trying to uh, manually do it because that's what I'm used to. Like I'm used to, it, it should right. be hard. Like it should be really <laughs> tedious to like add a field. Oh, you, you're a true JavaScript developer, right? If you're like, where, yep. where is the pain? If, if it's painful, I must be doing it right. Right. Like that's actually, that's normal for the JavaScript world. And uh, we're trying to undo that, that core philosophy. And, and uh, most of the, the original core team for Redwood were not JavaScript specific node developers. That wasn't the background. And coming into this, the pain threshold was remarkably low, right? So we had, so Rob Cameron is on the project. He was in Rails developer uh, since early days, Rails, his pain threshold, like anything that just didn't make sense in JavaScript, it was just like the Rob warning. The alarms would go off on, on Zoom skull. You'd see his face just like get scrunched up and he just, his head would explode. He's like, we are not going to do it that way, uh, which forced yeah. a lot of really nice DX decisions into the framework. Um, we have such so, a high yeah, no, no pain. For for friction, like nothing ever really fits together and there's always these sort of extra pieces. So I really like this explosion of, of full stack frameworks that as a community using, you know, things like React and JavaScript, does this show like a level of maturity? Are we growing up or are, or are we just like, are we just exhausted <laughs> from the pain and like somebody do this for me because uh, I can't, I can't build another like error handling boundary again, like, please help me. <laughs> we're, we're growing up, we're growing up. Are we? and, you know, it, it's funny because you look at the JavaScript ecosystem, and you know, you know, I, how many years ago was the whole like uh, Ember convention over configuration versus React? No, mm -hmm. like you know, and and I still prefer a lot of these, you know, kind of like conventional stuff because, like, while it's fun to understand what's built under the hood, and you know, you hear a lot of developers say like. Don't learn a framework, learn JavaScript first. And, you know, getting productive, 
and not having to build the same thing over and over again and just having things to just be there for you, I think is so valuable and it lets people do what is important, which is actually building software versus like getting into the nitty gritty. So. Okay. I, I like this. I want to, I, I want to dig into this a little bit more, Tracy. So what yeah. would be the signs? I, I like it. Like something has matured and, and as, as a framework developer myself now, advise me, what are the signs I should be looking for in terms of what growing up looks like, right? Like what should be the, if, if we've grown up in our frameworks that we're using, what should that feel like? What are yeah. the characteristics of, yeah. Tell me more. What are we aiming for here? What would be signs of maturity? <laughs> Well, I don't know if it's necessarily science of maturity, but I just, you know, it, it's, it, you, you look at anything within the development ecosystem or within our worlds, right? And things are just constantly reinvented over and over and over again, um, or ideas are brought back like, yay, serverless, no, yes, monolith, no monolith. Like, you know, in every few years, everybody decides to change their mind for X, Y, and Z reasons. The reason why I think like, you know, projects like Redwood are so interesting is because I think that the JavaScript framework ecosystem has matured enough to where they've solved all the problems. State management, you know, um, styling. Okay, we're still talking about CSS fun, but you know, a lot of these problems have been solved in so many different ways. And then now it's like this new revolution of frameworks, you know, but full stack frameworks. So looking at again, things like Redwood and Blitz and stuff like that coming out, I almost think like JavaScript got bored because it was stable. And then they built something else. So maybe the maturity point is, okay, we're bored enough to build something else and solve a different problem. And now we've gone back to convention is great, you know, and, and convention in the React ecosystem. So maybe that's the React community actually maturing to where Ember and Angular is. And, you know, mature, not mature. I mean, you can say, well, actually on Twitter to me. All you want, but <laughs> what are you guys I like I like these terms because they're they're loaded just enough to to like incite a little bit of of feedback. Someone, so, someone's got it. Yeah. Jesse, you were were you going to jump? I have I could, I've got all kinds of things to jump in on. Jesse, were you going to jump in? Oh no, I was just going to say like when you with these loaded terms, there's always someone who's got their their finger ready for their actual moment. Um, but the maturity, I think, is 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 exactly that, right? There's this layer of maybe it's boredom or like I, you always hear like choose a boring technology to build your business on but if you want to explore like we have explored for so many years like every project is different everything handles like passing and connecting and and parsing differently and like there's javascript fatigue which was that sort of thrashing that we did in the community for for a long time and like exploratory um and and i feel like there, there's a point now where most people in the community even people that are coming in are like I don't want to do like Webpack config. Like I want to do stuff on what? top of Webpack. Yeah, like, they, like they're almost like, why would but, you do but that? What else, what else would you do? Yeah, well, but like, if you weren't doing Webpack or, or Babel, like what else would you do with your time? Would you put, would you build a product? Well now, you know, because we're bored at Webpack because, you know, Webpack was the best thing to happen. And we got, we had to migrate a few years ago and now Webpack is the worst thing in the entire world. And it's right. like this coming of age of, you know, new Webpack tooling and why it's better. And so it's just funny how we- Maybe that's a sign of maturity when you are now scorned. So, well, so here's, okay, so lessons from- I think, I think you've got something there. Yeah, lessons from the last two years, right? So um, the driver 
in Redwood early on was how, and this, again, this is coming more from Tom and Peter at this time in, in Redwood's you know, very ancient history of two years. How can we achieve a, an experience along with long-term maintainability? And the experience was very rails driven, but really it's just around like happiness. I want to enjoy what I do. Um, I've, I've spent a, a bit of my time in the world of technology ethics. And the, the one thing I always come back to when you're thinking about that is you circle back to like, what is the effect of the technology on the person who's touching the technology? Whether it's an end user, a customer, or the person building it. And, and I think that's what's kind of, right? That's the thing that's driving this. We want this kind of pleasure from our tools and we wanna be happy because that's that's what's satisfying and sustaining and gives us energy to do these things. So that was kind of the, the DX side of things. Um, and, and that was a very Rails influenced uh, DX developer experience. And the other thing that was happening is there was this kind of resolution or shape that was coming about in the design requirements the maturity of the tools and the the pieces at play were known and that's what you said tracy there was maturity amongst all the pieces in the, uh, the ecosystem where there wasn't as much discovery happening of oh how do we do x how do we do browser support how do we do legacy javascript support how do we etc all that it, it kind of matured the tools were those decisions had been made and then it really was just configuration hell, putting everything together. So that's, that's if you want to open, like lift up the, the curtain or look under the hood for the sexy world of framework development, what you'll see us doing is config. It took six months to get uh, just config working across. Like, so one of the developer experiences we wanted to go for in Redwood was out of the box, you have everything you need to be productive. So not just, one place in one convention for writing all of your businessy stuff that's the api services but also we want you to have uh, generators with boilerplate code that gives you just test files oh, we want to have nice. story we want to have storybook and then we actually want you to be able to run like yarn redwood test that's our test command we want it to work and we want it to work for the api and the web and we want storybook to fire up and work out of the box and we want you to be able to mock all of your data uh, in storybooks, you can see all your state out of the box. And those are the things that have been, that's been where the work is over the last year. But now at the end, you go through the tutorial. Oh, and by the way, shout out tutorial two, part two, Redwood's Revenge came out yesterday. Um, and that was because, oh man, I'm telling a lot of stories here, but I, I have we wanted it, weekend right there. Right. It happened, it happened yesterday. We launched it live at our Redwood JS meetup, but because we wanted an experience, we started with uh, what we call, Tom wrote a, uh, an article a decade ago called Readme-Driven Development, but we started with the tutorial. So the Redwood tutorial came first, and then we like wrote the config we needed to get that type of, uh, in the packages to get that experience in the tutorial. And getting close to V1, we realized, oh, we're, we're losing like scope. We don't have scope anymore. We're adding all kinds of things. How do we get to the, how do we actually close you know, close the gap and get to V1. And we're like, oh, we're missing, we're missing pieces from the tutorial. So just yesterday, uh, the Redwood tutorial part two, I, it has all kinds of subtitles for fun, but I think it officially got called Redwood's Revenge, uh, is all about the, the, the complete DX around testing, 
storybook. You get to build out comments in a blog. You spend some more time in Prisma in the database model. Um, and that shipped yesterday. Yeah. So anyway, lots of fun. And all of that because all kinds of people from the community, not just the core team, did hours and hours and months and months of config. I'm glad somebody's doing it because I'm tired of doing it. I, I... <laughs> How does the, so when we talk about tutorial driven development, like take that uh, Redwoods Revenge and then tell me how we get to, how you get from the tutorial of, of part two to V1. Like how does, how does that guide your focus and scope and, and your, your sort of day to day? Oh, that's a fun, yeah, it's, it's a, that's a great and, and messy question. Uh, Rob, here, here's exactly how it works. We have a we have a we have a core readme in the whole uh, uh, repository. It's readme uh, markdown, and then also if you go to our website website redwoodjs.com, it's uh, it's the introduction, and that readme outlines the vision for what we want the project to be. And these are the higher level things, but the kind of experience and um, and, and what we're hoping people can do with Redwood at the end of the day. And there's some fun stories. People are. People are getting to do those kind of things that we had initially envisioned. So, but so we have a vision document, and and with that comes all these things in the the tooling and the components and the features we think will will need to uh, to achieve that vision, those goals for Redwood. But then it turns into, okay, Rob, hey, can you start writing the tutorial? And he goes section by section, and there's a PR with tutorial two. Uh, he reports back, hey, I tried to do this and it was busted. Right, and here's the code, or here's what I was trying to do, and that turns into a conversation and bug fixes, or it turns into new features, um, and it's just dialogue over the course of a couple months. Uh, one of the things that came up in the writing of tutorial two was, man, it's really not fun to work with tests because every time it's on the API and mocking data, I keep repeating myself over and over again. So, what's a way where we could write kind of a a suite, a test suite, but a mock data that we could use throughout our API. And uh, versions .22 and .23 came out over the last two weeks. And .22 included a thing that we call test scenarios. And test scenarios happen because the tutorial said, if this is going to be a good tutorial, you need a way to manage these, these like sets of mock data and testing. And thus came uh, these scenarios. So that's the process. It's back and forth, but it's it's based on making the tutorial a informative, pleasurable experience you can actually do, right? Um, and and again, that's people talk about tutorial all the time, right? That's the introduction. So we know what we want the tutorial to look like, be like, feel like. And when the writing gets stuck, it loops back to the features and and the code that we need or the bugs we need to fix. I really like um, Angular's guide, you know, they have a really nice sort of onboarding guide. And um, I also really like native scripts as well. Um, they have all these different like, um, do they call it a cookbook, I think, or something like that. But anyways, it's just like super easy and nice. And I think when you look at, um, you know, React documentation, it's a little bit more, uh, I don't know, library book ish. Dry. <laughs> yeah, like very like, um, you know, scientific yeah yeah exactly versus like approachable so i mean i love the fact that you're kind of going to to a more um approachable um 
approach, approachable approach. I mean, really, yeah. yeah. So, oh, I have actually one question too, which is, um, you know, uh, Redwood, can you use things like, um, you know, components, like, you know, Kendo React has components. Can you use com like Kendo React components within Redwood? Uh, yeah, so um, React test. So we we have some things built in, mm -hmm. right? That are that are first class support, and then this is just general design. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that we want to make sure that things can be swappable when mm -hmm. and if they need to. Mm -hmm. So the core pieces being React is our front end for the web. We have um, oh, and by the way, this is really early, but uh, there's going to be a React native side someday. That's hopefully going to be it's so there were structures of mono repo. Um, that's something we have our eyes on for 2021. Let's loop back to some things we're excited about in 2021. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we GraphQL our API is GraphQL. Uh, it's yeah. Apollo right now on the front and the back. Mm -hmm. The the front client for Apollo is swappable, so we ship with Apollo client. And if you want to, you could use no GraphQL client at all. If you don't need caching, you could use many others. So, so with the test suite, we have Jest. We use the uh, the testing library, right? Which is just testing library. It sounds like you look up testing. <laughs> no, it's called the testing library. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, and we have Jest. And again, what we did there was it's tightly configured, so all of that works out of the box. Yeah. And uh, so with all the React, so with all of your components and storybook, if you wanted to swap any of that out, if Jest was not your thing, or you want to do something else on top of Jest, I'm not sure how that would work, or in parallel with, you can add your own config. It's all extendable, or you could remove certain things. And again, because the, the tools and the components are well-known, established, you, you can interchange those as you need to. You would just lose some of the out of the box integration that comes with Redwood and need to yeah. replace that with your own. Totally possible. Well, I have to give a shout out to Kendo React actually, because they are sponsors for this podcast. So if you haven't checked them out, they are a professional UI and database component library. Um, they were designed and built from the ground up specifically for React, which is super cool. And you know, it's great for you know augmenting your existing UI stack. It has like I think over 80 components available, wow. lots of advanced functionality. And um, yeah, check them out. And you know, if you do Kendo and Redwood, for example, I mean, that's probably a pretty good blog post um, that somebody should take up. Ooh. But yeah, I had to give them a shout. <laughs> well, here's so Not here's right how this now. would work with a with a framework like that. And we've done this before. There is a, a setup command. It's similar to what's a recipe in Gatsby, I think also similar in Next. So Redwood setup is a command that's meant to run installation, instantiation, config, boilerplate. Right now, if you run yarn Redwood tailwind, you get all the config, boilerplate code, and packages installed. So you just have tailwind. It turns it on. So if someone wanted to have a, a kind of like package installee support for Kendo in Redwood, uh, we would love to help someone build out the setup command for Kendo Nice. Redwood set up Kendo and boom, you have all the boilerplate ready to go. And now you're using Kendo for your UI. I, I don't know what that would, I have not used Kendo. I don't know what that would entail, but yeah. we want to have as many of those setup command options available for anyone to quickly, right? Like the idea is you run Redwood setup and you just list all the things you need, right? So I18N, we have an I18N set up right now, Kendo, 
right? All these other libraries, uh, tooling that you would need frameworks and boom, you're just ready to go out of the box. So come on, Kendo, let's do it. Yeah, sounds like they're they're a great collaborative um, company as well. So I'll bet you, um, you know, I'll tell them, but I'll bet you that they would be like super stoked on it. So that's exciting. Yeah, these setup commands are are fantastic. So imagine that you need like Tailwind, and you're going to use Emotion, and like you you need to get all these things working together, and then you've got your fonts and and like your other stuff, and and you follow you find a blog post that's two years old. And you follow it through and all the packages are out of date and emotions gone from 10 to 11 now. And like, I, I have, I can tell you viscerally, like three days I spent building this thing in Next.js. It just didn't know, just in November. And then over the Christmas holiday, I did uh, like Redwood uh, set up Tailwind and it's like, okay, hey, you're all set up. And I didn't believe it. I wanted more pain. <laughs> Right, because, like, you're, because you're a good JavaScript developer. Because I'm know, a good JavaScript but, developer. I was like, that can't be it. That's like that's you're like fool me. I, I was like trying to figure out what I should use to deploy an app, and I was like, uh, let's let's explore the new things. And I, you know, started with Netlify, and then like even before I knew it, I had already deployed my app to Netlify. I was like, wait, what? Oh, I'm done. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm using Netlify. <laughs> Were you suspicious? Because I was suspicious. I was like, mm, I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, if you want to, I, I would love to dip into some of the pain that we encountered last year in yeah. the ecosystem of serverless and Jamstack, right? So the things we learned. So is now is now the time? Is that a very yeah. good non-segue segue? Yeah, okay. show, so, show us your scars. Let's see. Yeah, so... I, it, one of the things I was really surprised with is kind of two buckets, right? The technology and the infrastructure, and then also the community stuff, right? Because um, growing a community in open source ha has has its things, and I I'm not sure we figured those things out yet um, at large. But so interesting, we we designed Redwood to really be aiming forward. We wanted to be edge ready, which was our way of talking about serverless infrastructure use the Jamstack methodology for deploy, which is basically, I want to commit to a repo and that just does things. It's the magic. Tom's line is I want a universal deployment machine. <clears throat> I just want to push code and then I want somebody else to figure out where that code needs to live and how things need to be set up for it to exist uh, on the internets. So um, we hit, we ran into, and, and by we, there have been numerous projects, products. We, we have startups and funded startups on Redwood now. And I, I tell you what, 50% of the ones that are ma more mature in their development life cycle are running a traditional, they're running Redwood on a traditional hosting infrastructure. And the, the serverless dream that we were aiming like for, a, yeah. Aiming out. yeah, right. So exactly. So it's um, one of the options for Redwood is you could, uh, yeah, containerize it and just self-host. So put it on a, you know, EC2, for example, but uh, yeah, so virtual. And, and that's where several apps have had to go. And it's all kinds of, you know, from needing persistence, that's one thing, but long running background jobs, it, it is surprisingly painful to do subscriptions. So one of the reasons you like doing real time and having GraphQL, that's, that's something people want to be able to do. And that's non-trivial to set up in the world of serverless right now. So I, and we never got to the serverless DB yet, right? And one reason is we're waiting for Prisma to do that, which probably isn't fair. There's some great examples of Redwood running with Fauna. Uh, but I, I think 
I was really surprised at how quickly real apps on Redwood ran into bottlenecks in the serverless infrastructure world. So, and, and we're going to figure it out, but uh, that was, yeah, we have some, we have some room to grow there. And, and honestly, when you add an integrated DB into your framework, and then you're trying to deploy on Jamstack sites, that's, that's not something they've been thinking about. That's a different kind of application. So just fairness to the Netlify's and Vercel's in the world, we have wonderful relationships with them and work closely. Um, but yeah, we're, we're doing something a little bit different that's not quite their, their target niche yet. So we'll see uh, what's gonna happen. But um, yeah, that's, that's, that's one area. Has, have you, either of you spent much time in the serverless world and, and run into similar bottlenecks or experiences? And I've heard great stories too, but I, you know, the, the needs, it just the full suite of features and infrastructure support just wasn't there. Oh yeah, there's there's definitely like per, pers persistence is, is has been is usually the point where we eject right where we get to the point where mm -hmm. it's like where are we going to store this stuff and it's like well we're like we're collecting from A and B and then it's you know we either need like a Postgres instance or 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 some other thing and we've got to like run through and and a cron job right it's like as soon as you throw a cron yeah. job up there you're like well I'm out like like how do you peel that you're like well we we could just do this one little piece and then you end up doing like multiple pieces and other things. Um, Tracy, have you run into like, you get into serverless and there's serverless always seems to be like a part of it, right? It's never the solution. Um, mm -hmm. I leave those fun things to you, Jesse. I like to work on <laughs> Understood. Yeah, part and then but then you get into that's the thing is it is a part, but then you get like you're kind of writing all these like sub apps within your app and and I guess it's the whole microservices, but it just becomes it, it gets to the long term maintainability. It it starts to get you just get so much overhead and and how your code is set up to work with a certain infrastructure, and then you feel a little bit locked in. And, um, yeah, we wrote our own. We I'll try to give people credit where it's due because I didn't do ninety percent of these things. But Rob Cameron created uh, on Redwood a repeater dev. That's the domain, and that's to run cron and schedule jobs uh, with Redwood. Uh, we wanted that to work really w nicely with our our API. So there's a nice integration there. But yeah, turns out you need to do things in the future. Go figure. And um, <laughs> like, oh yeah, we need to do that. Uh, man, and database stuff. Probably like I don't want to write other query languages. I, the problem with Fauna is FQL. Like, no, no, I don't want to do that. And DynamoDB, it's it, uh, we have these things figured out. Like, I didn't. I've, I've written my fair share of aggregation queries, and my brain just still doesn't want to go there for Mongo. Uh, but so, but Mongo's helped. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, these things are hard. We are not there yeah. yet. Yeah, there was, I think there was another like specific problem where we needed to publish in the future, like just setting a publish date in the future was something that was like, how are we going to do that? And it's like, hmm. So yeah, the repeater thing, I think is definitely something to look into, but I like, I'd set up Stripe subscriptions with Redwood over the holiday and it took maybe a day or two, like Stripe, oh, Stripe. Yeah, it was sending me uh, web hooks and I was just like, all right, I need some some functions to just listen to the hooks and and change the the Nellify identity. And and it was 
the experience is I can't um, say it enough is is so much night like so much smoother and less abrasive than like uh piecemealing it together like i feel like we have for so many years in, in the past right. and it's like we've, we we have you know react and, and even with you know next.js that it's it's high level like it's still bring even with next.js it's still like bring your own stuff like we have some great things with it um and it and it's a wonderful but it's not i think it's a different redwood brings a different set of 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 niceties and sort of whole, like overall feeling that I, I just enjoy to it. So I, I think you guys are right on target. Well, yeah. do, you, do you think that this is going to be um, adopted in enterprises? Like, has that ever been one of the goals? Like, okay, enterprise react, like Redwood JS is the way to go. I, I think, I mean, yes. And, and we, we want it to be mm -hmm. accepted and working there. That, that's a good signal to us. Because again, the goal is not that we're reinventing React per se. Mm -hmm. If like I, we want to get to the place where someone's like, "Well, why would I run create React app when mm -hmm. I could easily just do create Redwood app and I get everything?" Yeah. I, because really, when someone wants a React app, their concern is not React; it's all the other things. Right? React is the known; it's everything else, and especially in an enterprise situation where you are really thinking about things like long-term maintainability and integration and, and the amount of time you may have the resources, but the amount of time it would really take to do all that config, that just, that's a cost on, on the whole, that's a burden, right? So we absolutely want um, Redwood to get there and we need to get to V1. V1 will be our indication to the ecosystem that we're ready Right, our development life cycle is going to look a little bit different. This has been this has been hard, and so everyone is waiting for us to say we're in V one and out there. And we get that feedback often. Yeah. People are like, "Okay, I can't wait. We're going to do this, and it's going to be V one." Um, and and one thing, just real quick, Jesse, to what you said, the comments are starting to come in a, a lot and frequently around people who are like, "I'm o I'm only quote unquote a full a front end developer, and I tried Redwood and." Oh my, it's like I have superpowers. I had no idea I could do database stuff. Like I had no idea I could do backend. And that's just that's just beautiful because it's it's never been a skills or capability thing. It's just been a how much time and experience does it take to be able to juggle all the pieces? And if you don't have to like juggle all the pieces, it turns out you can get a lot more done. And isn't isn't that nice? That's fun. Yeah. You can you can build yeah, it. That like context jumping is vastly reduced in a redwood project like even from api to front end like going back and forth and, and even being able to like open the playground and look at it and like just having the api run when i do redwood start dev like it's those little things it's like i have a project now where i have to like start the project i have to start the listener and then i have to start the front end and like they're all grouped together but there's still one extra thing i have to do to like get it all going. And that's just when I start my day. Like I haven't even had any coffee yet, but like <laughs> to sit down and be like, Red, what's up? And it's just like, here's the, here's the web and help. Here's, you know, here's my other sidecar that I need to archive later down the road. Like these are, these are great things just like that make it's accessible, right? Those people who are like, I don't know how to do that. And it's like, well, you know how to write a function, like just write a function in there. And they're like, Oh, it saves. Um, there's a, lots of <laughs> aha moments in there for sure. That's, that's fun. I love hearing this. That's fun. I think also like, um, you know, going back to like enterprises as well, since I think about that a lot, uh, you know, 
one of the things I think is really great about Redwood is that sort of like, you know, hey, here's the happy path for you to build, a, you know, an, an application. Um, so I think that scales a lot better with development teams. I mean, with Rails, right? It's like, okay, everybody knows what they're doing. You can, you know, make commits on the first day and be productive on the first day because you don't need like a week to or a month or three months even to figure out what the heck is going on in the code base. Um, can't even find the beginning commit, exactly. like the beginning function on the first day. Yes, very much so. Um, definitely been in those situations myself. But then, but then the, the enterprise space as well, sometimes when I hear people um, talk about enterprise and adopting these new technologies, it's, well, how does this integrate into my current tech stack, right? Like, okay, I have this set up. Okay, I have to use this. Okay, I don't have, I, I can't make decisions on X, Y, and Z. So have you guys thought about how Redwood integrates into that or? Mm. Well, Tracy, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> So GraphQL, GraphQL is, is how it integrates because okay. it gives you that ability to, there's a few things you can do there, but it, it allows you to plug into things nicely and just use Redwood for, you know, a thing, right? Oh, I just want my GraphQL to talk to this database or this in-service. GraphQL, the, the, the API does not have to be talking to a database. It could be talking to just services and the services could be your internal services that you're consuming. Uh, you can run Redwood as only an API. You could run Redwood as only a web in, right? You don't, we, we call them sides and you could, you can do standalone if you want. So it ships as a, as a web and API that connects to DB. You could pull any of those pieces out and use Redwood as it is. So that's where we've seen people um, adopt it. Um, and then things that are coming up in V1. So for those who are waiting for V1, here's what you can look forward to. Uh, we will be adding, we're working on this now. Security is a big concern for the GraphQL and the endpoints. So out of the box, we're gonna handle that. And there's some cool design um, work that we're doing right now about how that would look and feel. That's in progress, that'll be in V1. The very much sought after and requested pre-render. So starting to handle some you know, build pages, so static generation at build time, that will be in V1. And I tell you what, that's going to be cool. But the kinds of conversations we've had with the core Redwood team and community over the last two months about what we're just labeling Redwood at scale, how do you actually tune up Redwood for performance issues in the future? There's, there's going to be some cool stuff that's coming. And that'll be, that'll be later on. So that's into 2021 and beyond. But the, I tell you what. We, we said, we don't want to follow what anyone else is doing here. Let's talk about the core problems you have with scaling up an app. And let's, let's start thinking about what a framework should be doing to, to handle those things. And uh, th those conversations were fun. So, uh, so all these things around, starting with pre-render, but what we call Redwood Scale, those are things that will be coming V1 and beyond. Um, what's some other fun stuff? Full TypeScript support, that's coming. So install a Redwood project as TypeScript. Uh, API web types are there. That's going to be happening. And oh, there's a whole host of other things. But uh, those those are the major ones uh, that we're thinking sidecar. about right now. React Native sidecars? React Native sidecars. Oh, so, nah, that's not going to be V1. But if that's you look okay. at so GitHub, GitHub issues right now, uh, there's uh, Pedro is the one who's kind of kicked off that conversation and, and proof of concept. I think we'll see that sooner than later. 
And, um, and the idea being as a Redwood side that would have full you know, command line, integration support, testings, all those similar things. But that's not V1, but those are the kind of things that'll be coming. So yeah, get, get excited. Get yeah. excited. Cool. It's gonna be fun. And lots of good community stuff coming too. I'll, I'll do a plug for the community here, but uh, when we're ready, but those are, those yeah. are things in the future. So yeah, Very good thing, cool. we're, we're excited. Yeah, well, that's about all the time we have left. And oh my gosh, there's just so much to explore about Redwood. So everyone should definitely check out uh, the GitHub repo, which is super active. And um, you guys have, do you guys have a Discord, is it? Yeah, we do. So we there's a lot of ways to get involved with the community. And here's what's really important to say. We want you to get involved with the community. Uh, this is, we can't say this enough, but a core piece of Redwood is the people and our belief. And this is, and our activity around if we help each other be successful with Redwood, that is what will make Redwood successful. Uh, so, and it's happening. So it's a really vibrant, enthusiastic community. You can drop in on our forums. We run a discourse forums, which is a pretty deep resource of knowledge base right now. So there's also a discord server and that's where the chat's happening. And we have a lot of activity in, in GitHub as well. So anyone is welcome to be part of our community and even more so there's a lot of things that could make you a contributor, but anyone that wants to be involved in adding to the community, adding to the docs, adding to the code. We were here, just let us know and we will help you find a path to become a contributor uh, with Redwood. And we actually do regular meetups for what we call our contributors group. And I run that, it's a loosely held invite only, but show up and start helping and say you're excited about the project and I will find you. And we would love to have you be a part of these, um, these, these meetups we do for contributors. And, and they're fun. There's just some great people from all over the world that are involved. And it's that's that's where I think we're really gonna explode in 2021 is yeah. in our community and the places and people that, that get to be a part of Redwood, um, that we want to be a part of Redwood is really gonna explode this year. Yeah, that was a long answer. I love community with, stuff. With, with the tech aside, like Redwood really has a focus on people. Like it's very apparent. Um, like the, the deep discussions, the discord, the, the, the discourse, the forums, the GitHub, that's all there, but there's real effort, like obvious discernible effort towards the people. Um, and I can't tell you how much that comes across and, and how really well. Thanks, that is. Um, we work, like, we work I, really I, hard on that. It shows, it shows. Like I spend time over there just sort of lurking around and, and like keeping my eye on it. And then like, it's just a nice place. It's a great place to just like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Like it's, I, I, you, you guys are doing a great job. The, the, the people are front and center. Um, and that, that I think is really your, your uh, edge. Yeah. I love it. And where that shows up, we had a demo yesterday uh, by Chris Colson, who built a real-time app on Redwood. And But we have, again, we have startups that are now running on Redwood, funded startups, people getting hired that are Redwood developers. And even though these are individuals that have started companies, they will all say, okay, I built this thing, but like you all built it with me. And it's just a rad story that's getting, like we're starting to see that propagate and it's so true. People aren't doing this alone, they're doing it in community and it's happening. So that's, we love it and we want more of that to happen. So I'm glad that's been your experience, Jesse. And if it's ever not, you let me know because we'll make it so. <laughs> awesome. I will, it's been awesome so far. 
Yeah, we, we absolutely love what you're doing. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Modern Web and we will see you next time. podcast is sponsored by this.labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O slash labs.